0: Well hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of Crickets to My name is Lauren Keplinger and thanks for joining me back here again. I really appreciate all the feedback I have gotten from y'all about these myth-busting episodes. This has been fun for me to talk about some of the different things that I just hear mostly on social media a lot of times in Facebook groups and a lot of times from sellers who haven't been doing it for very long or I guess they're like kind of new to business or they're kind of new to the Etsy platform Um, and so they fall into these traps because it's easy to do. Um, It's easy to say you know Why is my passive income shop that I'm starting taking up so much more time than I anticipated? Or why is it taking so long to get sales? I thought this was going to be really fast. Or why is it so expensive to get started in business or whatever? So It's easy to feel like you're the only one that is running into those roadblocks, um, but obviously that's not the case. These are things that I hear all the time and that I think are pretty widespread myths. So, Thank you guys for um, just all the feedback and the DMs and the emails and everything that I've gotten about these episodes. It's been great to know that everybody's listening and enjoying them and getting value from them. So today we are jumping into myth number five, I believe is what we're on, Um, and that is about creativity versus business savvy in your business is all you really need to be creative in your business or conversely is all you really need business savvy in order to create a successful creative shop. The debate between these two and the balance between these two has been a topic of discussion among handmade and um, online business owners for a very long time, sparking a lot of back and forth about the role that each part of it plays in your success and also which part is more valuable um, is it better to be creative? Is it better to be business savvy? Um, or, you know, are you unlikely to be successful if you're only business savvy and you're not very creative? You hear that a lot from people. Well, I'm not very creative, but blah, 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 blah. I want to open this shop of handmade products. and <laughs> Or I'm not very business savvy, but I'm opening an online business. On the one side, there are those who believe that, Creativity is the driving force behind a successful online business and they argue that all you really need to do is have creative, um, unique, imaginative products and that is naturally going to attract the people who are the most drawn to your products and you can develop your customer base from that and have plenty of sales um, and the revenue that you want from the people who are naturally and organically attracted to your products and that the commercial aspect or sort of the data driven business savvy aspect of it is secondary to the creativity. All you need is a good product and if you build it they will come. On the other hand, there are those who say that a strong understanding of the business savvy aspects of running a business is actually more important than the creative side. And this is usually where you find a lot of those people who will tell you to just do market research and see what's already selling. Make your own identical or very similar product and bada bing, bada boom, you're going to ride off into the sunset with your sales on repeat. If you go on YouTube or listen to podcasts, you are going to find like 95% of people who are teaching you about selling on the internet, repeating some aspect of that message. Um, Maybe not quite that unflatteringly, (laughs) they're definitely going to pump it up a little bit more flatteringly, but They are not interested in the creative aspect of it. They're not interested, and actually, a lot of times, will tell you not to focus on the creative aspect of it. And, um, you know, that these are the people who will say, like, digital is the only way to go, and physical products have no profit margins, and there's no scalability to handmade products. And, you know, you just need to be pumping out print on demand and whatever. So, those are people who are. Basically just trend chasing and focusing on using those uh, um, keyword research type tools to look at volume of search, high volume, low competition, SEO type stuff on Google where you can find niches where people are having success, where sellers are already established and they're selling products. And then you step into that and you create your own like similar products. I think that there is a sweet spot that allows for both business savvy and creativity. And I think that both of them play a really vital role in being a successful business owner. If the only thing that you have, which is this is never true. We're not like black and white, one or the other. We all have a mixture of everything. But if the only part of yourself that you really embrace is your creativity, You're going to struggle with the non creative aspects of running a business, like setting pricing and profitability and taxes and data analysis and allowing your business to move in a direction where you're paying attention to the stats and the analytics that you have about your business to know where your next step is. But on the flip side, if all you have is the business savvy, You're going to struggle to find products where you can really put a unique spin on what is already out there. You're going to end up feeling like you don't know what to sell or where to go from here, especially if you're just getting started or if you had products that were previously trendy. So you had some sales over a period of time for a highly trendy product and then that trend begins to die off and drop off and then you don't really know where to go from there. These are the people who struggle to see where the next step is to pivot without giving up on their whole business or completely changing directions and like creating an entirely new product. And that's where a lot of people do fall prey to that really intense trend chasing. This is where you will go on those YouTube videos and you will find people who say, find a popular product and copy it. Um, They don't call it copying. They won't say those exact words, but I digress. Um, And you'll just be golden. You know, you create this product in a market that already exists. The product already exists. You change the colors and change the font and you will sell like gangbusters. They tell you that you'll end up with a shop of products that are popular, regardless of whether or not you're actually interested in those products or have any actual skill set that makes your product new or interesting in this already established category. I obviously have never really agreed with that method- methodology for a few reasons. First off, it doesn't really tend to work. So, that is a huge reason why. <laughs> Um, I like to do things that work and that doesn't really work. But beyond that, if you're not passionate or at least somewhat interested in your market, it's going to be really difficult for you to feel any kind of attachment to the business. And it's going to be a major chore to continue to work on these products and move forward in the inevitable stumbling around and testing that comes with building a business or pivoting to the next iteration of your business. Creating products that you don't really care about or you don't really have any interest in means that you're not very likely to stick with your business for very long. These are the people who will email me and tell me or ask me if I can just tell them what they should sell online so that they can make a whole bunch of money. Spoiler alert, no, I can't. (laughs) I mean, I can tell you some things that I have sold that have made me a lot of money. But within those home runs, there have also been products that didn't sell well or things that I thought that I would like creating and I didn't end up liking to make or that were way too time consuming to scale or that I had a lot of trouble keeping inventory of, or things that I thought were going to be amazing, like this is my next home run hit, and the market just wasn't there for it, the demand wasn't there for it, or I wasn't doing a good job of marketing it in order to make the demand. The passion and the personal investment in the industry and the niche that you're working in, though, keeps you motivated and it helps you to, Keep moving through those times that you're not seeing a lot of success um, and keep moving through products that aren't working well or a dip in your shop or economic bad times or whatever to keep trying new things and also to open your mind to see where your business is taking you and have an interest in or a long term interest in the product or the creative process of making the product or whatever that keeps you going when you get frustrated because you are going to get frustrated at times. That's inevitable. You can't do anything for a long time and build something from nothing to a point of success without ever hitting any roadblocks, without ever being frustrated or discouraged or whatever. It's just not realistic. But by being one of those like only look at the business analytics, don't worry about the creativity, just copy everything else that's out there, it just really leads to a lot of frustration and burnout a lot faster. I think pumping out a ton of products and hoping something sticks leads to um, you feeling like you're constantly having to create new things and you're not necessarily creatively inspired by your product category. You spend a lot of time and energy on stuff that may or may not ever sell well, leaving you feeling kind of overwhelmed and bummed when it doesn't really work. And you'll are and you wonder where you're going wrong because you thought you did your research, however inaccurate those software programs tend to be. Um, and you found these, you know, search keywords that had all greens and they were supposed to be your home run hit. So why is nobody buying your stuff? Well, it's likely for a few reasons, but it mostly centers around the fact that you're not even really that interested in your own products, so you don't really have anything unique to offer. Looking for places that other sellers are already doing well or grabbing onto a trend that's already full into its trend swing means that there are a lot of people who are going to have beat you to the market. And while it is not usually super feasible or even something that you want to be the first one into the market, looking for popular products and then creating the knockoff version or a not really unique, pretty similar version that's already out there makes it really hard to bring something original to the table that allows you to stand out in that established market remember standing out in that crowded market like we talked about um, last week or the week before, I can't remember means offering something different. It doesn't have to be a completely different theme or product or like you've created something out of nothing, but there should be something about yours that makes yours have that different value add. So like we talked about in that episode, why is somebody gonna buy this one thing? How is it different than what's already out there? If your answer is it's not different than what's already out there, I'm just making the same exact thing that everybody else is making in that niche and it's exactly the same, but I see them selling it. So why can't I sell it? It's going to be pretty hard for you to stand out. Maybe you'll have a handful of sales, but it's not really a long term path to, revenue growth and the growth of your shop as a whole. And I would actually say that this is even more true for digital and print on demand shops than it is for physical products. If you if there are if there is one niche or one fulfillment method of products that has to stand out and be unique, it is digital and print on demand digital even more than print-on-demand, but I think print-on-demand is getting there. There have been so many people that have been sold on this passive income idea that they are going to create these digital products, they don't have any fulfillment issues, they can just put them up and they'll sell and whatever, that there are nine gazillion different, or not different, nine gazillion of the same thing selling in the digital market space. So that is a real barrier to being able to have a digital product shop that actually has sales. You can't just go off the data there. You've got to get deeper into your creative inspiration, what allows you to add to this niche, to add to this category of products, and be able to offer something different that adds value to what the buyer is already comparing you against. But what about the other side of the coin that says that all you need is creativity? You don't need to pay attention to any analytics. You don't need to be doing that keyword research. You don't need to be looking at what your competitors are selling because all you need to do is have a creative product and an artistic way of looking at your business, your own style, your own way of doing things, and you can just like you know, sit and paint in your artist shed in your backyard and then throw it up on the internet and it's going to sell like gangbusters and it's going to be amazing. Is that true? (laughs) I would say much like the other side of the extreme coin of people only looking at the data side, that the opposite with only looking at the creative side is equally unlikely to be successful. While creativity is undeniably important, and I've just talked about all the reasons why I think that creativity is undeniably important, and I do think that, it is not the sole ingredient for a thriving e-commerce business. A blend of both the creativity and business savvy, along with a strong strategic approach to your business, is the key to long-term success in the handmade business world, or just kind of the e-commerce business world in general, even if you're not hand-making things While creativity is essential for developing unique products that stand out, captivate your audience, draw them in, make them identify with your product, a deep understanding of the business aspects of your shop ensures that. Your products can actually get in front of those people. They can be able to be seen by the audience that's going to identify with them and is going to be drawn into your shop and that you've priced them appropriately and that you're profitable in your business and that you can continue to grow your business and lead your business in a direction that speaks to the demand from your customers. By blending the business savvy with creativity, you can make sure that your products reach the right people and you can increase your sales and grow your shop and revenue by having the right products in front of the right people. By paying attention to the customer demand and allowing your business to organically flow in the direction of that demand, you also can stay ahead of the way that the market is going within your category or within your niche and the trends that you're seeing in that aspect of retail. The balance between the creativity in your products and the business savvy in looking at the back end of your shop allows you to capitalize on your creative talents and what you bring to the business. So what you can add to your products, whether it's handmade or digital or POD or whatever, the thing that sets you apart and makes you special while also establishing a business that is going to be able to withstand changes to the industry, changes to the market, changes to the platform, ups and downs of retail and the economy in general, trends that come and go, all of that. If the only aspect that you want to focus on is creativity, you only want to make what you want to make, you're an artist or a hobbyist or a crafter, whatever you want to call yourself. Those are the people who get to make what they want, when they want, how they want, and they don't have to listen to anybody else. (laughs) But that's very different from being a business owner. Being able to make exactly what you want to make all the time and not get feedback from anybody and not make it on any kind of timeline and not make any kind of new products and just do exactly what you want to do all the time is not a business owner. And if you're going to sell your items online and be a business owner, you have to reach outside of your creative comfort zone and pay attention to the data, the money, the marketing, the strategy, the stats, all of it. Otherwise, you can have the most amazing product in the entire world, but nobody's going to be able to find it because you're just back in your little artist hut painting your pictures, And you're not paying attention to anything outside of your zone of creative genius. I think that many Etsy sellers come into the market from a creative standpoint, although I have seen that shift over the years of people telling people that they don't have to have any creativity um, and they can just sell the same old, same old. But the most successful sellers that I have seen and that I have worked with have a product that they like to make or they've been making for a while. They have a style. They have a way of making it unique to them. Maybe they make it in person and sell it at um, festivals. Maybe they teach classes on how to do whatever they're doing in their hometown. Whatever that looks like to them. They have some sort of background and then they decide to sell it because they're already doing it. So they're coming from that creative background, and then they can learn the business side of things as they go. And honestly, I think that that's the best way of doing it. I can teach you to look at analytics and pay attention to trends in your data and figure out how to profitably scale your business. That part is easy, or at least it is easy for me because <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> but the people who come into their business with that creative passion for their product and the category of products that they're creating in and they have a background that allows them to have a skill set that they're bringing to the table that is not something that somebody can just learn, you know, in an hour and replicate the product. And those people also tend to have an interest and an investment in the business that goes like a mental, emotional investment in the business That goes beyond just the revenue aspect, although, of course, I am not here to tell you that the revenue is not important. I very much think the revenue is important, but those people have a desire to grow the business in a way that moves it naturally into a space with more demand and more sales by taking customer orders and listening to the customer's preferences and paying attention to trends in the industry because they like the industry. So they're already there. They're already paying attention. Maybe they get catalogs or magazines or Pinterest boards or blogs that they read or whatever. They're interested in their industry. So they're already in that space and they can see the trends and the way things are moving. Those are the people who see the quickest success. And I think also the most sustainable long-term growth of the business over many years. They're not looking for a quick fix, which we've already talked about. They're not looking for a business that has absolutely no barriers to entry, no cost to get started, nothing likely. They've already made that investment, um, whether it's time, you know, over time of learning a skill set or they've actually invested in like equipment, like my embroidery machine, sewing machines, pottery wheels, whatever you're making. They're not looking for that idea of like a get rich quick scheme. They're looking to actually monetize the products that they like to make in the industry that they like to make them in and to have a business online for the long haul that will be able to bring in that meaningful income, whatever that looks like for you as an individual over a long period of time rather than like I want to make $5,000 in the next two months and after that I don't really care what happens like I just want this cash influx right this second I don't really care what I'm making I don't really care what I'm doing I just want some money right now and then whatever I'll cross that bridge when I get to it that kind of mindset is going to is going to struggle a lot more because they're not really in it for the long haul. They don't they don't have that investment in it. They don't have the grit to stick with the business over a long period of time. And their expectations are just out of alignment with the reality of what it looks like to start a business. They don't even necessarily think of themselves as business owners. Those people tend to say like they just have like a side hustle or side gig. And there's nothing wrong with side gigs. I'm not I'm not dissing side gigs, but they're not looking at it really as a business. They're just looking at it as like maybe I can make a little a little jingle this month to be able to go for go out to dinner with my husband or whatever. And that's fine. If that's what you want and that's where you're happy staying, there there is not anything wrong with that. I am not here to tell you what your revenue goals should be. but I am speaking in this episode more to the person who like me, is in it for the long haul. You know, I have been monogramming in my basement for 11 years now. Now, if you would have talked to me 11 years ago, I might not have told you that I thought that I was still going to be doing it just the same way 11 years later. But I am not looking to make $5,000 in the next five seconds. I'm looking to be able to pay myself a paycheck that makes a meaningful impact on my family that allows me flexibility to not have to get a job where I'm stuck at an office all day so that I can be home to pick my kids up from school and take them to sports practice and deal with all the stuff that I have to deal with as a mom and a wife and all the things. So I want to be able to bring in a paycheck while also having that flexibility. So it's a completely different mindset when you're talking about that long-term trajectory of having a stable, sustainable business model that allows that to work over many, many years. Keep in mind, at the end of the day, it is not about choosing business savvy or creativity. A successful business requires a blend of both of them. You need to have creativity to have unique products, and you need to have data-driven decision-making for the business side of things, particularly for those of us who are juggling all the roles in our one person show. You can't only rely on your creative instincts while ignoring the insights that data provides. You can't go just off of feelings. Well, I feel like this product is gonna be great. I feel like this product is my best seller, (laughs) or I feel like I'm probably profitable without looking at the data. At the same time, you can't just base every decision that you make on data without having any kind of passion for your product or your interest in the products that you create. It'll be evident in the end product if you don't really care about the product that you're making. By embracing both sides of this, you end up with unique products that are able to reach the right audience and withstand market changes for the long haul. So keep nurturing that creative spirit and also stay in tune with the valuable insight that your data provides. The balanced approach between those two is going to set you up for long term success and also personal fulfillment in your entrepreneurial journey that won't feel so much like a chore or so much like you're trying to just create something out of nothing because you don't really care about the products and you're not particularly interested in them. Until next time, keep exploring that sweet spot between creativity and business savvy and watch your business grow when you find it. I will see you next week, same time, same place. In the meantime, I'd love to connect with you on Instagram at lauren.keplinger. I hope you'll find me over there and um, send me a DM and say hey and let me know what you thought about the episode. All right, I'll be back next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.